1: welcome back to the chris and joe show presented to you by sb nation and big blue view i'm joe DeLeon, joined by chris plum and we are giving you more nfl draft content as we're getting very very close to the very first pick of the 2020 nfl draft we'll get to see commissioner goodell in his home in his basement announcing the picks in a very odd setting, but it's not going to change the excitement that we will be getting from what happens during the NFL draft. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about guys that could slide into the early second round range where the Giants will be picking with their second round pick, as well as various scenarios for the Giants, depending on who they take with the fourth overall pick, how things affect them if they take certain guys what does that mean that they'll be looking at early on in the second and how things can really shape out so chris in terms of guys that can slide into this early second round there's a ton of really talented first round graded players that could slip a little bit because there's these late risers that are shooting up draft boards that might not really have that first-round talent or first-round grade, but because of necessity or just even the slightest thing of, of good interviews, those guys can surpass others, and very good players can be found at this point in time. So, Chris, I think that one of the bigger groups that seems might be sliding is the is the linebacker group. Now, it probably won't be that many of them, but someone like Patrick Queen or Kenneth Murray could still be on the board very early.
0: Yeah, it, it seems like with Queen, Murray also throw Zach Bond into the mix there. I wouldn't be surprised to see any of them come off the board starting, I don't know, maybe somewhere around 20th overall. But I also wouldn't be surprised to see them sitting there for the Giants at, at 36th overall. You know, it kind of seems it works out every year that we have... Uh, about 15 really solid first round grades on players and then there's probably a group of about 40 players every year it happens that basically get first dash second round grades just guys where it really depends on what team is picking where they're all kind of lumped together and they could be first rounders, they could be early second rounders, and there isn't a whole lot of difference between the value in those places. And that, I think, is where you start to see guys have their their draft stock be really fluid, where you all of a sudden have a guy you never expected to be there at the top of the second round, or you have a guy you just were not expecting to get drafted at the bottom of the first round. And I think that can be a spot to get really good value, where you could get a Patrick Queen or a Kenneth Murray, who could be your who could be your starting inside linebacker for ten years. You could get Zach Bond, who could be just a great Swiss Army knife for your defense, or maybe even Jeremy Chin, who could be a a poor man's version of Isaiah Simmons or Grant Delpit. Who, if you are getting the twenty eighteen version of Delpit, you might be getting a top five caliber player back at 36th
1: the other thing that makes the early part of the second round really interesting and also advantageous for the giants for having a high pick is we've seen in the past teams that are really desperate to fill a need that once their guy that they want to gets taken they will straight up reach for a player we saw that happen with the Houston Texans when they took Titus Howard. He had a pretty decent season, but still went a lot higher than most people expected. You pointed out Jeremy Chin, who has been a, a bit more talked about lately as a late first round prospect. He could still be available early on in the second. He could be available the whole second round, making him in play for that Giants pick. But the other thing that I just kind of thought of here is that there's a possibility someone like Grant Delpit, who is, extremely talented, who did not get to fully benefit from having a pro day, getting to meet with general managers and coaches and, and scouts in person and having those in-person visits, that something like that is just enough to, to slowly slide him down draft boards just a little bit to the point where he could be available early on in the second round it's kind of like with not for the same reasons but it's kind of like with what happened with Landon Collins a few years ago that he seemed like he was going to be a late first round prospect even a mid first round prospect ends up going with the first pick in the second round as the Giants traded up to make a move and go grab him so it seems like Delpit it probably not a ton of likelihood of it happening, but it seems like Delpit could find his way sliding just a, a hair enough to put him in that early second round opportunity. Yeah, that's
0: kind of what we're seeing happening on the Big Blue View community mock draft is time and again I keep suggesting Dad, you know, we we really should have Grant Delpit in in our top five players available, and time and again the votes just keep going elsewhere. So something like that where Teams look at him as like, oh, that's a good player, but we need a, p- a player at position X, you know, whatever. We need a lineman. We need an edge player. We need a a receiver. And you know, he just keeps being the bridesmaid and keeps slow, slowly falling back, pick by pick. That's something that you could really see happening, especially as the value of safeties seems to be very fluid in recent years. At, Sometimes you see teams almost not value and value them at all, but then there are other years you see teams, you know, really show a lot of interest in adding a safety. So Delpit and Chin, with his versatility and coming from a small school, those are going to be two guys that are going to be very interesting to watch.
1: And honestly, I'll be I'll be rooting for a, a slide from Delpit because if he's on the board at that first pick in the second round. I would be completely content with a trade-up like they did a few years ago to get Landon Collins in getting an extremely talented guy like Grant Delpit. Another player that seems like there's a slight chance he could also slide, if not a greater chance than some of these other players that we mentioned, is Yutur Gross Matos, edge rusher from Penn State. It just seems like with the way things are shaping out with other position groups, that Gross Matos could have enough of a slide out of that first round being an early second round prospect. Now, he's he's talented enough to go in the first round, but with, like I said, various other position groups being of a need and being pushed up to the priority in the first round, he seems like a guy, because of his position and also where he's at, he could he could slide his way out and maybe another edge rusher slash defensive lineman that falls into this possible sliding situation is also AJ Epinesa they play
0: positions that generally have a high value for teams You you see it in the contracts handed out of free agency guys who can rush the passers specifically off of the edge are valuable always have been pretty much always will be and particularly gross Matos, he has really rare measurables he is pretty much the archetype for a especially 4-3 edge player Epinesa he doesn't have the athleticism we thought he did but for a 3-4 team he is going to carry a lot of value but you also see those guys kind of slowly sliding back now I don't know if that is because of yeah, just the perception of them kind of around the Draft media at large or if it's just the depth of the offensive tackle and wide receiver classes where there are just so many good players that you kind of can't justify putting them behind guys like Epines and Gross Matos they might slide through no fault of their own just that there are a lot of good players at other positions
1: speaking of other good players at other positions how about a position group that has a lot of good players at it specifically that being the receiver group it seems like there's going to be some really talented dudes that are first round prospects that are going to end up going in the second the third the fourth round like we've talked about numerous times and i think that what's going to end up happening towards the second half of the first round is that teams that are in play for a receiver might say to themselves, well, why don't we go get somebody out another position that's not going to be available later? Because, hey, maybe we can't get uh, a guy like Lavisca Chenault or Brandon Ayuk later on in the second round. We can still get a really talented guy. So teams are going to be banking on that depth to help them out, leading to a, a pretty Mind-boggling slide for some talented dudes, and and the guys that we were kind of thinking of here was Lavisca Chenault, Brandon Ayuk, Jalen Rager, and Denzel Mims. All those guys have talent. Some teams might even value all of them as first-round receivers, but because of how things are really shaped out with this this extremely deep receiver class, it's gonna it could hurt some of them.
0: Yeah, and you just take those four players. And add either jerry judy c d Lamb or Henry Ruggs just any one of those three, and you have what would be a good top five pretty much any other year and this is kind of the bottom part of the top ten. We keep saying it, we say it almost every show, the depth of of the talent in this receiver class is just ridiculous. I'm almost afraid to bring the position up because I know we could go on for a half hour about them. (laughs) But just suffice to say, there will be very good receivers available when the Giants draft at the top of the second. The thing I think that makes it a little bit interesting is we can't say whether or not there will be these receivers there at the bottom of the third when they come back around again, or say when the Giants pick comes back around again. I think we do have to keep an eye on the possibility that there are 20 receivers taken in the first 50 or 60 picks, or maybe even 20 taken in the the first 70 picks. There are that many good receivers where there is a very good chance that whenever a team picks, a receiver will be the best player on their board.
1: The final group of guys that we considered here was offensive tackles and offensive linemen. And it's not so much that they're going to slide, but it's some guys might leapfrog others into the first round, leaving the other players in this group available early on in the second. And, And this second tier of offensive line prospects is not really up to that first round grade, maybe not all of them. But there's, there's potential for them, like I said, for some of them to go in the first round and others to still be available on the board. And the ones we kind of talked about, Josh Jones could slide his way out a little bit. Lucas Nyang could also find himself early on in the second. Austin Jackson from USC. And then the one that we were talking about before the show is Isaiah Wilson. It seems like there is a, a ton of steam for Isaiah Wilson to continue to move up. And maybe he doesn't move up into the first round like some people are projecting He could go very, very early on in the second round, despite him not really having that much support early on. And I'm specifically referencing Isaiah Wilson's uh, draft stock to what I heard Daniel Jeremiah talk about during Move the Sticks and, and on his podcast saying that there's a lot of people that think that Isaiah Wilson could be a late first round prospect Um, and even a very off chance that maybe he goes before Andrew Thomas, but that's very, very small. But still, besides the point, Wilson could be one of the biggest risers we see in this year's draft.
0: Yeah, I would have to say, Wilson, based on what I saw on tape, seeing him rise that much would be a surprise to me, especially to see him go above Andrew Thomas. I think there is a good chance of having a player who has starting ability at offensive tackle there for the Giants at 36 whether it's Josh Jones, Lucas Niang, Austin Jackson, personally I like Ezra Cleveland. Uh, he needs more play strength. He needs to spend some time in the weight room, but just athletically he is a lot like Lane Johnson and you know, that's kind of an athletic profile you're you feel comfortable betting on. There will well, I don't I shouldn't say there will be guys there cuz if you think back to the 2013 draft The Dallas Cowboys traded back to 31st, I believe, targeting Justin Pugh because they were sure he was going to be there. Well, that didn't exactly happen, and we saw a huge run on offensive linemen. So you can't say that there absolutely will be guys there, but it's likely that one of these guys, Jones, Niang, Jackson, Wilson, Cleveland, one of them will likely be there and maybe even several of them will likely be there for the Giants at the top of the second if they still need to draft an offensive lineman.
1: Next, we're going to discuss possible scenarios for the Giants early on in the second round. Once their pick comes around, based on what they do in the first round, what could be their counter move? We're going to talk about that next, but before we get to it, we're going to take a very short commercial break. It seems like right now there's A couple major scenarios that could happen for the Giants with their fourth overall pick. Well, if they do go through, where does that leave them with the second round? What are they going to be doing as their next move in bringing in players to the New York Giants? Well, the first and obvious scenario that we've pitched multiple times and that we keep seeing in mock drafts from experts all over the place from big sources saying the Isaiah Simmons pick at fourth overall Well, if this happens, where does it leave the Giants early on in the second round? And we talked about the fact that it seems like the best possible move for them is that if they go Isaiah Simmons, that means they're banking on and hoping that there's going to be offensive line options available right at that spot at 36. So that would be one of these tackles we talked about. Isaiah Wilson, Josh Jones, Lucas Niang, Austin Jackson. Where does this put them in the spot where they should take a player like Cesar Ruiz, if he doesn't get drafted very late in the first round. It seems like offensive line makes the most sense if they take Simmons.
0: Yeah, it really does. Because unless the Giants feel a lot more strongly about Cameron Fleming than we do, they don't have a starting right tackle. And they, even if they do think that Fleming can be a patch on the position kind of like Mike Remmers was last year they don't really have a right tackle for the future they also have some serious questions I think at center you know obviously we're pulling for John Jalapio to get healthy and be able to compete at training camp because he does have a ruptured Achilles and that's not that's not a small injury but even if Jalapio is healthy the, the Giants need an upgrade there they need a natural starting center. so I don't think they could go wrong between getting a right tackle for the future or getting a starting center. personally, just based on how we how our position grouping kind of played out, I would look to the right tackle with either uh, Lucas Niang, Isaiah Wilson, Prince Tewinoho, you know one of those guys who can step in and hopefully lock down the right side, if not right away, then definitely starting in year two. But if they happen to come away with Ruiz, I don't think we can really complain about that. Although potentially getting that right tackle and then maybe having a guy like uh, Tyler Biotish or Lloyd Cushenberry be there at 99th overall, that could be extra ideal.
1: The other scenario that we're really starting to see too, is taking an offensive tackle over Isaiah Simmons, taking someone like Tristan Wirfs, Jiedrich Wills, maybe even Mekhi Becton with that fourth overall pick. Well, if you're taking a tackle, where does that leave the Giants? The counter measure for them there is that they'd be banking on good defensive talent being available. Someone like Grant Delpit, like we talked about, maybe he slides into a position for the Giants to take him. Maybe one of the linebackers we talked about, Patrick Queen, Kenneth Murray, Zach Bond, one of those guys could very well be on the board. And even edge prospects like Yator Grosmatos. It, it seems like there's a lot more chances one of these defensive playmakers falls than an offensive lineman.
0: That does kind of seem to be the the two options for the Giants. If they go defense with their first pick, likely Isaiah Simmons, but who knows, Akuda or Young might fall. Probably not, but they might. Then they go offensive line in the second. If the Giants go... Offensive line in the first, then they pr- almost have to address the defense with their second pick, and you know, just based on looking at draft boards, kind of trying to get a read on guys' draft stock, it does seem like they'll have either linebackers or that maybe second third tier of edge rushers to choose from. You know, maybe a tier Gross maybe Julian Aquara, or maybe a linebacker like Kenneth Murray, Patrick Queen. I think maybe their best hope will be Zach Bond, but I would kind of be surprised, particularly surprised, if he happens to fall just because of how versatile he is, how good he is, and how many roles he can fill. There is probably the outside chance that they could get Jeremy Chin or Grant Delpit because the Giants do have that whole free safety, and Chin can serve a lot of the same roles that an Isaiah Wilson— not Isaiah Wilson— that and Isaiah Simmons, too many Isaiahs, that Isaiah Simmons could if they had picked him in the first round.
1: The final scenario that is an option but not as likely just because of the difficulties the, te- the teams will be dealing with having a virtual draft setting is the Giants trading back. and we, We've all rooted for it. We've all talked about it and saying that the Giants should orchestrate some type of a a trade back and how far and it's really too difficult to speculate where those where those trade back scenarios could lie and and, and how far back the Giants could move if they only move back a pick well then Isaiah Simmons Tristan Wirfs any of those guys are still available but if they move somewhere towards the middle of the first round well that opens up the door for taking a receiver but ultimately what it would give them is multiple second round picks, most likely it would give them an additional second round pick, a, a additional draft capital, maybe even in the first round, those types of things. Well, then where would that really impact the Giants and where would that open the door for for various other position groups to work their way in?
0: Yeah. If the Giants trade back, I imagine one of their picks almost has to be a wide receiver just because you know, as we said in the first half, pretty much whenever A team picks after the first few picks, a wide receiver is going to be the best player on their board. And as much as we've talked about the Giants' needs on offensive line and their needs on defense, wide receiver is a need too. They need depth at the position, but they also need a starter, they need a true number one guy. They have Sterling Shepard, who is great at creating separation, but he's a slot guy. And not to diminish that, slot guys can have a tremendous impact. Just look at Victor Cruz a couple you know, back in 2011 or Sterling Shepard, his rookie year. They need a guy opposite Darius Slayton, a guy who can command double teams, who can tilt the field, who can force a defense to declare his intentions and... Really help the offense create that room underneath for Evan Ingram, for Sterling Shepard, and for Saquon Barkley to work. You know, I think one of the big problems with the Giants' defense or with the Giants' offense over the last couple of years has been they haven't really created room for themselves. It's been too easy for defenses to play downhill and just crowd the line of scrimmage, which was where pretty much all of their plays were going anyway. So I think. Just given their need and the depth of the position, wide receiver becomes a possibility if the Giants trade back. And then also we have both of the other positions we've mentioned, offensive line and some position on the defense, especially if the Giants get two second round picks.
1: All right, well, that is going to be it for our speculation and predictions for various scenarios in the second round for the New York Giants. We're pretty much a week away here for the NFL draft and... We're getting very, very close. So now's your last chance to get in your NFL draft questions. Send them to us on Twitter at Joe DeLeon or at Raptor M-K-I-I. You can also send them into our Facebook page. You can directly DM us on our Instagram page at big underscore blue underscore view. Any other last questions you have, send them on into us. And we have one more mailbag show before the draft. So Don't expect us to answer any more questions after that. Make sure you get them in now for the last final mailbag right before the draft. Also, be sure to follow the Big Blue View Twitter at Big Blue View. And also rate and subscribe wherever you are listening to us. Check around also for next week where we're going to be doing our final offensive and defensive previews. And then obviously, once the draft starts, we'll be giving you a ton of content.